0: Are you looking for a new kind of talk show? One that motivates and encourages you to follow your passions? Welcome to the Foxworth Theory with Eugenia Foxworth. You'll hear from a variety of guests from all walks of life. Now, here is your host, Eugenia Foxworth.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Foxworth Theory. I am your host, Eugenia Foxworth, and we've got a fantastic show lined up today. We are interviewing the movers and the shakers from all over the world, and we allow them to tell their stories. Mark Pendergrass is the founder of Creating Exposure Through the Arts otherwise known as CEA, he is the executive director behind The Ink. Behind The Ink is a first of a kind. It's a film put together by local Charlotte, North Carolina students and creatives with the mission of exploring the untold narratives of those who are ink. There are men and women of all ages, races, and socioeconomic backgrounds that reveal stories, ideas, joy, and pain behind their ink. From a suicide survivor, former professional athlete, to a tattoo first-timer, behind the ink gets up close, and personal with individuals whose body art ranges from playful motifs to deep memorials for lost loved ones, all with distant purpose and meaning. Help me welcome my very special guest, Mr. Mark Pendergrass. Welcome to the show, Mr. Pendergrass. How are you. you?
2: doing well. Thank you for having me, and thank you for uh, sharing this story.
1: I'm glad to have you here, and I'm sure that my audience is going to be intrigued. Mark, where are you from?
2: So originally born and raised in Harlem, Manhattan, New York City, Um, but now living in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina.
1: And what was your child like growing up in Harlem?
2: Um, it was wonderful um, growing up in, in the center of uh, in the center of what I call Harlem, 125th Street and Broadway. Uh, walks from the Apollo Theater, walks from you know historical places in in, in New York City, uh, blocks from Columbia University, the West Side Highway. Um, just a, a great upbringing um, where my block and my neighborhood was was my life. And it, and it gave me such a diverse um, cultural upbringing in that I was around people who were from the arts. I was around professionals. I was around people who had, and people who, who from the have to the have nots. And uh, it just made me a, a well-rounded individual, um, attending uh, public school um, in Harlem, um, traveling at the age of 11, to uh, Brazil uh, based on uh, a writing competition that that I entered in and then going on to college and and, uh, exploring outside of New York City.
1: And that's a beautiful story because most people don't expect to hear that story unless you are a part of the Harlem Village. Absolutely beautiful. So you, are responsible. Well, first you said you went to Brazil. I have to ask you a quick question. Who did you go to Brazil with?
2: So uh, in the sixth grade, I uh, I wrote a a poetry piece, a story, short story, poem that uh, my teacher entered into a contest, unbeknownst to me or my family. Um, And then I ended up winning this competition and representing the United States. Um, And this uh, was called CISV, the Center of International Summer Village. And I actually went with uh, three other students and a counselor uh, representing the U.S. Uh, And we were there amongst 15, 20 countries. And I spent uh, six weeks in Brazil. Uh, It was a great experience as an Uh, 11-year-old. Initially, my parents thought it was such a far place for me to travel, but it was actually my first time on a plane, and my plane ride was out of the country. So, uh, yeah, what a a great experience, and and to this day, I still talk about it. I still tell family, friends, and students about the opportunities that you may be brought uh, from the arts or from a talent that'll take you to places that you've never thought you would travel.
1: And at that time, it was unique for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. So um, you are responsible for orchestrating the documentary Behind the Ink. Why did you take on such a task?
2: Um, I, I would actually say the task came to me. It, it took me on. Um, uh, during uh, and in 2008, during an after school program that, uh, that I was working with uh, at, at a local YMCA in Charlotte, um, I had a student who was in class. Um, a Saturday morning program had young men and w- young women learning photography, journalism, and a student's tattoo was revealed uh, while he was playing with with a couple other guys, kind of roughhousing, and 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 his his tattoo was revealed, which was on his rib, um, and 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 we then found out that that tattoo was a rose with his mother's name on it and it represented his uh, the memory of his mother. He His mother passed when he was two years old. He was 14 at the time, went into a tattoo shop illegally, got a tattoo to honor his mother. And from that day in 2008, it took on this teachable moment of, hey, this is why people, even at 14 years old, he felt that he needed to tell a story on his body. He used his body as a canvas. And at that point, we took on the uh, responsibility just to just to tell the stories through art and through photography. And then over the years it progressed from not only telling the story through photography and images, but actually telling the story through a documentary. So we started interviewing people, inviting anyone with a tattoo to come to a photo workshop. And we'd like to interview you, hear your story, tell your story at some point. We didn't have a target date. We just knew we had stories to tell. And over the years we kind of collected images and then the past two years, three years, we intentionally uh, made it our purpose to tell these stories, capture these moments and start sharing them through social media until to the point that we, uh, we, we got some, some grant funding to kind of take it to another level.
1: And see, that's interesting because most of us have looked at tattoos that the military, like the Marines have or you look at the tattoos that the Hell's Angels wear, and you think, tough people wear tattoos. I mean, I got a little henna thing that you put on and everybody was looking and I was like this, then I couldn't get it off. But this is very informative now. Now, um, you just explained to me, how much? Oh, well, not really. How much work did it take to do this?
2: Well, um, it, it's it, it was definitely a labor of love and passion from not only myself, but the students engaged. So I'll go back. Um, initially, we just it, it became part of curriculum. Every year when we had a program, we would do programs in, in Charlotte and in, in North Carolina. We'd do programs in South Carolina, in this kind of southern region. And every year we'd invite people out. And over the time that, that work became, uh, you know, we, we'd get celebrities who would come out, NFL players who would come out and talk to their students and share their stories, NBA players who would come out, doctors, lawyers, seamstress, grandmothers, uh, college students. We'd actually taken a group of students to a college campus, some who had never been on a college campus and made that a workshop. We're gonna visit the college campus, we're gonna set up a studio and we're gonna invite students in. So um, the work has been ongoing.
1: Well, as you said, a lot of people get tattoos for different reasons, different expressions. Um, What did you learn though? about people and tattoos I mean I know you know why they do but what did you learn about these people I guess
2: the one the one thing that I did learn is um, you know there there is a story and there is a reason and it's very personal right even if it's even if it's a silly reason it's personal somebody makes a personal decision to say this memory in my life, Good, bad, or indifferent is going to stay with me forever, and the only way I can—I er- mean, it can be erased—but at that time, you make that decision that this is permanent. This has had such an impact on me that I want to remember it. And not all those stories are good, um, but it's something that you want to remember because you can learn from it. You can grow from the bad. You can grow from the hurt. You can grow from the pain, and that's the one thing that—and that I—that that I've learned from this. Um, there are so many walking canvases out there and we don't know. Some are covered, some are showing, but people have a lot to say. And this is just another platform and forum for people to say, and people love telling about their tattoos. They, they love it. There's, there's 90% of people who you asked about their tattoo. will have a conversation with you, whether you know them or not, because they made a decision at some point in their life and they share it without you asking. And, and, and then if you ask, they're going to share even more. Tattoo position where it is, on their face, on their body. But it could be cultural, it could be tribal, it could be something that's heredit, you know, uh, you know, part of their their genes, hereditarily, uh, a family member had that same thing. Mm-hmm. Or they just still see their body as art, right? Their body is a canvas. And that what, what we thought uh, 10, 20, 30 years ago, that tattoo on a face had to be gang related, had to be somebody who was incarcerated, now, uh, I, I've learned from, especially from from one of our um, MIP cast members, Anthony murrell He's a, a former NBA player from Charlotte. Grew up in a in a in a rough area in the west side of Charlotte, w- which I call you know my Charlotte Harlem, right. So he has that connection. And um, but when he went to the when he when he got into the NBA, he he entered the NBA with maybe five tattoos, something he did in college, right. But 10 years later he's 60 plus tattoos in and and he explained to me the facial tattoos is almost like the new generation looks at facial tattoos as we looked at the ones that were on our arm or the ones that were covered. So now any part of your body can be art. Any part of your body can tell the story. Now, will that impact how people perceive you, how people look at you if you try to go from being this NBA player to to a a lawyer or a doctor, will people have this perception or a preconceived notion of who you are? Possibly. But you could be the person who walks in the room with the most education, the most money, the most success, and they look at that tattoo and say, wow, what is that? Or do I fear them? Who are they associated with? And I think that stigma is starting to change.
1: Thank you. now, and I'm sure it is, one is always afraid of the unknown. Absolutely. So our youth are under pressure to be social media stars and influencers in the public. But in, well, in the public side, at a very young age, and due to social media, what conversations about youth and suicide? Have you been a part of, and how can children find better ways to express themselves via tattoos or otherwise?
2: Yeah. So um, through this project, I've I've met a number of people who um, whose tattoos are actually inner strength because they were um, you know young creatives who. Attempted suicide multiple times. Um, in our documentary, we speak with a young lady who's an artist, uh, extremely talented artist, um, successful athlete in college, but still still having some inner depression that she was dealing with, and attempted suicide multiple times. And the last time, she she actually fell asleep with the knife in her hand as she was attempting to slit her wrist. Um, and then the next day, took that energy and said, "Hey, I'm going to get a tattoo of roses because roses, you know, roses are going to show me the inner love that I have for myself." Uh, an, another young man who, um, and, and I didn't get his entire entire story, but speaking to him, uh, put a gun to his head, and the gun jammed. Right, mm-hmm. um, saved his life because of the malfunction, and now he is a, a therapist who is helping other youth and young people deal with depression, the pressures of being young, the pressures of social media. We have those conversations with young creatives. I deal and work and mentor young creatives from the ages of 10 to 30 because these 10 year olds and 15 year olds come back into the program and become mentors. They come back into the program and work with my nonprofit. They come back and work and have worked on this documentary. So I have young people who I've been working with for 10, 20 years, who we have those conversations about, the pressures of as a youth, and now the pressures of as, as a young adult, the pressures of what do I do in my life? Do I wanna be a creative, or do I wanna get a job and go into a profession to fund the creative life that I'd like to have? So all these pressures of making decisions as a young person, and then also with this generation seeing such rapid um responses to things like social media gives you such an instant gratification. Um, they want jobs that gives them instant gratifications and instant pay. And they need someone of experience to tell them like, li- life is a journey. It's a marathon. There's no sprint. There's no 40-yard dash or 60-yard dash or 100-yard dash to, the, to success in life. Anyone who has success, and not only financial, anyone who has success can tell you that it's a journey. So those are the things that we like to to teach as well as, hey, this is something you're going to learn that might be part of your journey in life. You might, you know, as a creative, you might be, you know, uh, you might be an entrepreneur, but you might have to work for somebody to learn how to be an entrepreneur. So these are the conversations that we have. um, I have with them uh, that instructors and volunteers and people who come in to be part of the programs that we have. Uh, This documentary included people from so many different walks of life that shared their stories um, with youth. And and those youth, when they're behind that camera, they get to see a different aspect. When they're behind, when they're asking the questions, they're hearing the stories. So um, there's so much to learn. You know, again, when we say creating exposure, we create exposure from behind the scenes, from behind the camera. And and they can learn so much just, just by
1: listening. And that is so true. And tell us about some of the different types of tattoos and what they mean. The art of tattoos has so many meanings. How do they differ by art and culture?
2: So I mean, there's there's so many different forms of tattooing, and, and that's one of the things that you know. The next phases and parts of this documentary will really get into the tattoo artists. You know, we yes. introduced uh, we introduced a tattoo artist in our documentary, um, and 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 again, we call it a, we call it we're now calling it a docu series because there's going to be more to it. You know, this is a thirty minute documentary. We couldn't touch into all the, the different aspects of of tattooing from the art from the, there's, there's hand tattooing, there's machine tattooing, there's tribal tattooing, there's ink coloring, there's just gray tones, there's black tones, there's artists who focus and can tell you the differences based on your skin tones, like how the tattoo should show up and should resonate. And, and, and a lot of times, if you don't have the proper tattoo artist the first time, there's so much touch up, there's retattooing, there's cover up, there's so many different things and aspects of tattoos But again, the person who dedicates their time and efforts to want to make sure that it's right, want to make sure that they they tell that story and that that the like the way it looks on their body, they are the canvas. And there's tattoo artists who are now who are really art. I mean, they're going to school to learn art, graphic arts. They're fine, they're tattoo artists who are fine artists. On, On a Saturday, they'll be in a tattoo shop. And then on Monday through Thursday, they're in a gallery right, because they're an artist. So the art of tattooing has gone beyond, you know, someone, you know, what what they deem to be the jailhouse tattoo, which is just a needle, there's thread, there's just a needle and ink. There's these, you know, I I just met a young man over the weekend who had tattoos while he was incarcerated. And he was explaining, they they used a motor from some broken uh, fax machine that they were able to get, attach that to a needle, make ink, from different products that they're able to, and and that's how tattoos happen from the the cheapest or the grimiest that we think, Um, and not only in jail, but just kids who don't have, will just say, I want a tattoo or I want to learn to be a tattoo artist. And they'll use whatever they have to the finest of tattoo artists that now there's, there's shows about, there's celebrities who have tattoo artists flown, you know, from other countries or from the West coast to the East coast, because that's who they want. To provide that art on their body, um, the, the, the uh, again, I, I go back to the NBA player who, um, because you know, you have NBA players or celebrities who, are on the road, you know, six months out of the year, but they want a tattoo. They'll have that tattoo artist flown to their hotel, pregame, postgame. Um, Duchess, who was her Chris, Christina um, Duchess Lattimore, who was on uh, behind um, Black Ink in New York, who has a shop here in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. She has celebrity artists all over the world. So, uh, you know, her clients will fly her to places because they know they, they love her work as an artist and they love the results they have w- w- when they have these artists. So uh, I think tattooing has now, it's, it's a true art form that people don't know and understand. And, and, and again, having a documentary or having, you know, platforms to, to share, you know, it, it eliminates the stigma.
1: Gosh, thank you. And how long did it take you to create this Uh, docu-series?
2: We started filming pre-COVID. So we were probably six months into filming. um, And then COVID hit. And we had to kind of take a step back. Uh, I want to say we started probably fall of, of 2019. 2020 COVID hit. And we were actually uh, a week away from traveling to New York to to interview some some tattoo artists in New York, uh, a a world famous photographer who has recently uh, who's since recently passed away, Uh, gentleman by the name of Chimo Du, world famous photographer who was traveled with the likes of so many celebrities in the late late nineties late eighties early nineties. He was the uh, Photo editor for the Source magazine and traveled with Tupac and Biggie and shot covers for for uh, all these uh, famous celebrities. And we were in the process of coming to New York to interview him uh, about his experience tattoo uh, photographing someone so famous like a, a Tupac Shakur, and he has a famous Thug Life tattoo. So you know we had uh, we had we couldn't couldn't travel then. And then a year later, we actually uh, were able just recently to travel to New York. Um, however, uh, she passed away, but just through our love for this project, we, we do mention, uh, you know, he was on our executive board, so we do mention his connection with a lot of celebrities and we're trying to get to some of those celebrities that he worked with uh, to be part of this documentary. So, um, you know, we we're about two, a year, a year or so in, once, once we were able to start filming again, we started, uh, we, we started filming more interviews, we had a couple of gallery shows. We filmed in, a, in the gallery shows, and then I say within a year's time, with that break, we uh, we reached a, a point where we were able to put our thirty minute documentary together. We did. A, we shared it um, through a, a few uh, virtual showings just to kind of introduce it, and then uh, just uh, in just a couple of weeks ago in uh, in September, uh, we debuted it in an, in an outdoor uh, uh, arena in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. And our plan is to kind of take that documentary. It's, it's now uh, gonna be in a, a film festival uh, this month and we'll do another showing in December. And we're trying to take it and, and travel that document around, get it in some other film festivals and platforms. Um, and uh, like I said, we, we had a gallery, we had gallery pop up in, in New York where we showcased the images. And, and, and our goal is now to do uh, Behind the Ink New York. Uh, you know, uh, we got our on Behind the Ink Atlanta, Behind the Ink New Orleans, Behind the Ink uh, UAE. We're trying to do Behind the Ink Dubai. We're trying to take it to several different cities and, and
1: countries. So. Well, I'm waiting to see what you're going to do in Dubai. Now, what were your, yeah? COVID was your challenge. Was there any other challenges
2: Um, You know, one of the things, I mean, we are a nonprofit organization, So, uh, and and part of the project was part of our curriculum. But taking it from curriculum and gallery show to documentary required funding, right? It required us to kind of impart some of our instructors and and bring in some people who really had a professional experience of editing, um, uh, things of that nature. So, um, you know, funding became, you know, somewhat of a challenge only because we wanted to be larger than life. So, um, you know, that uh, once we did get our funding and we had we, we got some funding through an organization in, in Charlotte called the Reimprise Prize Fund and the uh, Foundation of the Carolinas. And uh, that allowed us to really take it from programming to project, to film project. Uh, we also are funded by the uh, Arts, Arts and Science Council here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and they help fund our programming. So that gave us the students and the creatives to be part of it. Um, just, uh, you know, just a film, like our first film. So the challenge of really, you know, uh, scripting, editing, making sure we got the right content in. So those things are challenging, but it's a creative challenge, right? Um, Nothing that was going to keep us from getting the project done. You know, resources, um, you know, at some point COVID, you know, if we needed a, a piece of equipment, sometimes it could get shipped to us in time. Um, we thought, you know, we were going to debut this in a theater. We had a couple of organizations that wanted to support, uh, an in-house theater showcase, the challenge of not being able to do that. So we had to pivot to, you know, maybe an outdoor, a drive-in kind of situation. How can we get a, a, a screen in an outdoor space that people can, uh, you know, we can, we can put out chairs and make it more like an outdoor picnic event. So we did that. Right? We had an outdoor event, we had slingback chairs out, we had food trucks, we had a DJ, and we had an inflatable 20 foot by 20 foot screen with a sound system. So the challenges that we face, we try to find a way to pivot away from them. But you know, we always know we're gonna, we're gonna, we wanna take it larger life. so we want support. We want people to see it, we, you know, we want people to support. Um, our funding allowed us to create a logo and then and, and then and take that logo and, and, and make merchandise, right? So now we have merchandise along with the product. We have a book along with uh, with the product. So, you know, where we had a challenge, we tried to find ways to raise funds. But now now our challenge is people need to know about this project, right? You're helping, you're gonna help people know about this project. That's our biggest challenge now. We don't have a full staff. We run on a, a small group of people and volunteers. So we need the PR. We need social media to be the platform. We need people to see this. We need people to go out and you know, buy the book, support, you know, buy the T-shirt, buy the sweatshirt, support us because that's what's going to take us to the next level.
1: So you more or less answered my next question. <laughs> you just said why it is important for all of us to know. So on that note, I am going to say we have to pause because we have to go to a commercial break. Uh, Please come back, Mr. Pendergrass. You stay there, but audience, please come back to the Foxworth Theory. Thank you. Hello, I am Eugenia Foxworth, the host of the Foxworth Theory podcast. I would like to wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Be sure to join me every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Foxworth Theory podcast. I can be heard on the Voice America Variety Channel as well as the Harlem America Digital Network. But I can be seen on my very own YouTube channel, The Foxworth Theory. Thank you. Hi, I'm Eugenia Foxworth. Thank you for watching The Foxworth Theory Podcast on my YouTube channel. I hope you enjoy what you see and hear. If so, make sure you hit the like button and follow the channel by clicking onto the subscribe button. By subscribing, you'll get to see this week's video podcast before the audio is streamed elsewhere. So, again, like and subscribe to the Foxworth Theory channel. Thank you.
2: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast.
0: All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to The Foxworth Theory with Eugenia Foxworth. Now, back to this week's show.
1: Welcome back. I am Eugenia Foxworth. And, of course... I am the Foxworth Theory, and we're with Mr. Mark Pendergrass, who has me sitting on the edge of my chair. Who would have thought I'd be so entranced by the ink and tattooing? So, Mr. Pendergrass, what has it been like to have this work showcased, as you mentioned, in galleries, and for the public to see it and praise this work? What has this been like for you and for the kids who have participated? Now, kids, I could say could be any age, but what is the youngest person participating in your project?
2: So the youngest person participating in a project is uh, 13. And I want to say when she started the program, she was 12 years old. Uh, we, we, We initially stated that, you know, our program was really around teens. 16 and up, she has a 16 year old um, brother who was in the program. So she wanted to tag along. So she became the youngest who was actually published in our book and part of the program. Um, so, and in and, and, and that age range kind of, so I mentioned that earlier that we have some students who have come back to be part of the program. Um, one in particular, uh, a gentleman by the name of Kevin Mitchell uh, whose photography name is Surf Mitchell. Um, I met him at 16, 15, 16 years old. He was probably in the class when the young man was getting teased about the tattoo. And at some point he decided like, photography is going to be my life. Um, he ended up going to college, taking some courses for about a year, but then said, you know, I'm a creative and, and I want to create. So, uh, you know, our program has really been a good platform for a gentleman like him who now has his own photography business, video business. He is leading uh, most of our uh, the, the project when it does go into a gallery, we have to have those images reviewed and edited and remastered. He leads that effort as, as one of our top graphic artists and as one of our top photographers. So when I think about that, that full circle moment of someone like Kevin who I met at 15, and someone like Destiny, who's the 13-year-old. You know, we we want Destiny to come back five and 10 years later to be part of this project, right? So those are the things that I'm proud of. Full circle moments, not only to have a 13-year-old and now Kevin, who's 28, to have their work in a gallery. Kevin's shots that he shot when he was 16, 17, 18 are still part of this project. And he's still Mm -hmm. shooting part of the project now. So the full circle moment is, once they're part of this team, they can always come back, join a workshop, come back when we're shooting another uh, a documentary and be part of the creative side. As a teenager and as a 20-year-old, even as a 30-year-old, our instructors, we have instructors who are part of the project who have made shot uh, images that have been part of Behind the Ink or part of the documentary, whose work is now being featured in a film or part of a gallery. So I think it's such a wide range of opportunity for us to say, even me as a professional photographer, my photography work was really geared towards uh, entertainment and and journalistic work, not really towards gallery work, but me being part of uh, the founder and the executive director of this organization. I, as a photographer also can shoot and be part of the project. I often uh, divert that to other students, but there's an opportunity for me as a photographer or my instructors who come in to be part of a project that they now have work in galleries. They now have work that is in you know news stories. They now have work that is is part of a film. So again, it's, I'm extremely proud of the opportunities now that we create, which is, you know, just recently my wife and I, who's, who's the assistant executive director of the organization. She, we, we sat down and said, you know, it, it's not, our mission is not only about you. We now have full circle moments where we, you know, the goal was youth, but now we have, you know, 20 millennial, millennial creatives who've been part of the organization. And now we're partnering with organizations. We recently partnered with two nonprofit organizations in New York to do a gallery showcase that showed behind the ink, but it also gave them an opportunity to have their work in a gallery, right? So now it's not only about youth, it's about creatives and creating opportunities for people to showcase their work, tell their stories, not only with ink, but in creative art visual art.
1: I am enjoying this. This is uh, this is really something. And as I said, I'm very exploratory. I go everywhere. I look at different things. But this subject, I don't ever remember encountering. And being that we're still talking about things and where, you know, the galleries, the documentary, et cetera. Tell me about the coffee table book and um, has it been completed and where are you with it at this time?
2: So, yes, part of part of us uh, into completing the the documentary. We also Mm -hmm. wanted to complete the coffee table book. So we took um, it's a 30 page book. Uh, the uh, intro was 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 uh, written by myself. The foreword was written by a former student who uh, who I met as a, as a team, who is now a, a working journalist, who ended up uh, leaving Charlotte, going to Howard University in DC, ended up in her in her uh, college years and after college working for the Washington Informer. I think is the name of the paper where she covered the inauguration, she covered um, things like the African-American Museum opening. Um, So her full circle moment was coming back and writing the forward for the book, but also we included images from current students and images from former students and images from instructors. That book is now completed, a 30 page book that can be, it's behind me, (laughs) you can see it behind me. Um, And uh, it's offered on our website. So, you know, it, it was a complete project. We wanted to uh, complete the documentary, do the gallery show, and complete a book. So, if you think about all those three things happening in an in 18 a month time, it, it was pretty, pretty ar- not really pretty arduous, but it was all our students and instructors working hard to make sure that these things happen. We have two graphic artists, uh, Kay Little, Christopher Taylor. Uh, they worked on, on, the, on the layouts of the book. We had we had uh, students. We have my daughter. We had just you know the whole staff just working on editing, picking selections, and 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 we got to the final product, right? So um, uh, it's available. And again, another way that we're showcasing artist work from the thirteen year old to the thirty year old.
1: Wonderful. Now you did mention Duchess Lattimore early Mm -hmm. on, so.
2: How did you meet her? So um, uh, I, I was I was an avid watcher <laughs> of Black Ink, um, New York. One, because I'm a New Yorker and I thought it was such an interesting s- show, right? Um, we had already been taking pictures of tattoos for the last 10 years. So those shows, be it a documentary or a reality show, was of interest to me, right? I wanna learn more and see it from the, the tattoo artist perspective. And then finding out that, uh, Duchess had connections in Charlotte. Um, She went to an HBCU in North Carolina. Um, She had family in Charlotte and wanted to open up a tattoo shop in Charlotte. So we ended up having an opportunity. Uh, I met her somewhere out in Charlotte. I think she was at an event. I said, well, I'm at least go meet her. See if I can make make that connection. Uh, That opened up an opportunity for her to say, yes, I'd love to be involved. Uh, Just come by my shop. Right, so we we set up a, a day to go by her shop uh, and shoot her for Behind the Ink. This was 2016. Um, the day we're shooting her, I bring in two students. Um, the day we're shooting her, her dad walks into the shop and says, and she says, "Hey, Dad, we have the same tattoo. They have a, a, a they have the same tattoo. Says, um, this, uh, this, it says this, this, the up. strong." Oh. <laughs> Let me see, it says, um, only the strong will survive, the weak will perish. So that was, uh, that was part of a, a tattoo that, that her, and her dad had. And, uh, and we, we, we photographed them together. And from that point on, she said, myself, my dad, my mom, anything me and my staff can do to help with this project we're in. And from that point on, um, You know, we had we had somewhat of a relationship to say, hey, um, you're doing things in a community. I'm doing things in the community. You're an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. Right. Different, different, different areas. But let's let's do something together. And fast forward to, you know, 2019, 2020, when we're shooting a documentary, she says, hey, you know, if my schedule allows, I want to be in it. Uh, and then in, in the documentary, she actually gives a first-timer, uh, a young lady from the Dominican Republic, where that's a whole other story about the taboo of, of tattoos in the Dominican Republic and how this young lady didn't think her mother would accept her for getting a tattoo. And, and Duchess said, hey, I want to be the one to give her that tattoo. This is her first. This is permanent. This is meaningful. I want to be engaged. So um, it's just great, um, great to have that opportunity. To have her be involved in the project, um, you know, in, in our debut, she was actually in New York filming and doing some other projects. But her mom, her her brother, her family came out to support, and, and that's what we like, right? When you get somebody engaged, somebody who's you know who's down to earth, but who's a celebrity, right? To be involved in a project, and 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 again from that from that visual to be a visual mentor to some young ladies who are in or in our program a mentor to some creatives who are in our program, a mentor to people who say, you know, she's a business owner. It's a tattoo shop. She's a business owner. So, I mean, there's so many things that tie into this. It's it's not only tattoos, but it's, you know, to have someone like that be involved with the project. it, It was great. It's a great lift.
1: It sure was. And where do you think we could be if we could have tattooing taught in school, and do you think that the kids would love it, or do you not?
2: So uh, it's an art form, right? There's so much of art that's not being taught in schools. There's so much of trades that are not being taught in school. Not everyone is going to be the corporate giant, right? Not everyone is going to be the doctor, the lawyer, um, and that doesn't make you less successful. It just gives you an opportunity to do something else. So um, yeah, it, tattooing is, is sort of something that's, oh, it's, it's in the back room of a, of a bar and, and you go in, and, and but some tattoo shops, people are so respectful and owners feel like this place is probably cleaner than somebody's house because they know there's rules and regulations. So yeah, at some point, could tattooing be taught in a school, be it an art school, a high school, a trade school, I would say yes. A lot of tattoo artists just learn from as an apprentice to a current tattoo artist. I don't know if there's a formal school that can teach that. But if if you can teach culinary, you can teach tattooing.
1: You can teach anything because there were schools. We have things now that that were never taught in school and people never knew of. But on that, I'd like to know, what has this project taught you about yourself?
2: Um. It's taught me, um, this project is not, not only a labor of love, but it's taught me to be uh, persistent in something that I know uh, I have a passion around, something that I know not only is, helps me, but helps others. So this project has really showed me that with time, effort, uh, a, a plan, you know, our, our short-term and long-term goals for this project has changed. It has organically grown every time we share it with someone. It's taught me that people can support something that they really love and, and really don't know about, right? You have somebody who loves it because they know about it and then somebody who's just intrigued. And it's, it's taught me that. <laughs> yeah. It's taught me that and, and, and about myself that, um, you know, this is a passion project that I really want to see go beyond um, you know, these students that I met in Charlotte, uh, the, the people that I'm trying to share it with in my hometown of New York. Um, taking it to, uh, I mentioned Dubai and taking it to the UAE because, uh, because I have a daughter who is in college at NYU and Abu Dhabi. So that has indu- introduced me to, hey, there's, there's a group of people in the UAE in Abu Dhabi and Dubai who have that same interest and intrigue and curiosity about tattoos, be it henna or actual, or, you know, being in a place like the UAE or Dubai that is really, there's so many expats that come from other countries that have tattoos, right? And they can tell their stories because people ask or don't want to ask. So it, the, the one thing that this project has taught me that even over the years, I wasn't one to one a tattoo, right? My parents, you know, growing up, thought tattoos were taboo, and and the bikers and the gangs and all those kind of things. But uh, you know, I have joined that group, right? Two years ago, after my 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 wife, my son, and my daughter, everybody has tattoos in my house. Now I do, <laughs> so it's taught me that not only am I part of the you know part of the the project from the creative side, I'm part of the project from the endpoint.
1: What I'd like to know now is if you okay. What what were some of the special memories? Just just one or two, um, that um, while you had you know from creating your project. What what are those? Like just give me two.
2: Um, or one. Yeah, um, I, I think you know a, a special memory for me. Would be um, just having having you know ten former students come back to be part of this project. Mm-hmm. That is such a special memory for me. Not only from the the gentleman who you know was the uh, initiative or uh, to this project, he was kind of like the, the the start of it all. To uh, you know students who uh, who who drove hours. Um, you know, to be in the room while these interviews were occurring or while the documentary was being shot or while we were doing workshops, I think those are the moments for me that are so integral to what what I wanted to build with the nonprofit and what I wanted to build with this project. It engages young to old, um, like I said, 13 to our, our, you know, our oldest tattoo contributor or participant, a cast member was 68, right? Bringing those people and, 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 and again, bringing, and, and I'll mention her because she's a 68 year old white woman who's a seamstress who we partnered with a 30 year old rapper who's full body tattooed um, just to put these people in a room together. Right To have the, them cross paths and have a 13-year-old behind the camera hearing the stories that this 60-year-old white woman tells, that this 30-year-old rapper tells, it's just mind-boggling and such a learning experience. And to have people want to come to be part of that project, th- that's, that's the, the most memorable moment, those full circle moments that introduces such a diversity of people.
1: Yes, well, I saw the photo of the woman and the rapper, and I was like, "Ebony and Ivory was never like this."
2: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> so now, if you could change anything uh, about making this project, what would it be?
2: The collaborative effort to pull in um, the experienced with the novice, right? So the collaborative effort of having these teens and 20-year-old young creatives work with, and and, and I'm reaching for the stars, right? But to work with like a, a Spike Lee or Ava DuVernay, right? To have a mentor like that come in and say, hey, this is such a great opportunity. This is such a great for somebody young to learn on a project that's educational, creative, entertaining, I mean that's the thing I would change is to really be, you know, strategically me and I'm not a movie director or producer, you know, I'm a creative, but to, for me to have people like that see it and support it, right? I, I do have a I have some friends who are in the business from entertainment law, you know, to a, a friend of mine who I back in the day I, I wrote music with and was a you know, a young creative, uh, Charles Jones, he's a he's a film producer and director but to, to bring people like that into a project to say, you know, to help it grow, right? That's what I would change about this. And, and, and that's what I hope that this does. It like helps bring the support that we can drive this not only to educate and, uh, and, 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 and influence, but also to have, be a project that this is sound and, and, and just traveling. Now,
1: do you feel that You have everything in this story that you needed. And are you happy with what you see when you see it?
2: Um, No, no, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely not in that. I think I know this story, a project can tell more stories. So we shifted from initially, it was gonna be like a 60 minute documentary, COVID hit, we couldn't get in tattoo shops, but they were closed. We couldn't talk to certain people because we couldn't travel and meet with people. So I think I would love to see more of the tattoo artist story. I would love to see more of the international story. I would love to see more of the regional story. You know, tattoo thoughts from, you know, where you are in the country kind of determines you know, the tattoo and the story that you tell in the US and internationally. So I think those things that I I, I want to see it grow. Um, I mean, I, I want to see it be not only a documentary, I want to be it, I want it to be a series. I want it, I want somebody to turn on a streaming service and watch it. I want somebody to turn on the TV and see a portion of it, right? That's what I want. And I want it to grow and it's organically growing, but I mean, intentionally and strategically, that's what I really, that's that's the next phase of this.
1: You've already visualized it, so it will happen. But at this time, I'm visualizing a commercial break. And please stay with me, Mr. Pendergrass, and my audience as well, and we will be back shortly watching the Foxworth Theory. And I'm Eugenia Foxworth. Hi, i'm eugenia foxworth the host of the foxworth theory podcast i wish you all a happy hanukkah be sure to view me every wednesday at 2 p.m eastern standard time on the foxworth theory podcast heard on voice america variety channel the harlem america digital network and seen on my very own YouTube channel, the Foxworth Theory. Hola, soy Eugenia Foxworth, presentadora del podcast The Foxworth Theory, y les deseo a todos unas felices y seguras fiestas. Asegúrense de unirse a mí todos los miércoles a las 2 p.m. horario del este para The Foxworth Theory. Sintonízame en el canal Voice America Barrio, la red digital Harlem América, y en mi canal de YouTube, The Foxworth Theory.
0: Streaming live the leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to The Foxworth Theory with Eugenia Foxworth. Now, back to this week's show.
1: Welcome back to The Foxworth Theory and to Mark Pendergast, one of our most interesting Yes, but all our guests are interesting, but they're all diverse. Now, I would like to ask you one thing. What are you doing to keep this documentary uh, in the public eye, besides being on shows like my my, uh, podcasts and shows, so that people can learn more about Behind the Ink?
2: Well, shows like yours definitely helps, so we appreciate this. Um, We have uh, entered it into several film festivals and uh, with the hope that that kind of takes it and travels it around into film festivals throughout the U.S.
1: Thank you so much. Now, please let our audience know how they can follow you and your project.
2: So you can follow the project uh, via our website, creatingexposure.com. There's uh there's platforms out there and pages out there so you can go to Behind the Ink on that site you can go to our uh, uh our blog as well as the uh, uh on that site you can follow us on Instagram at uh, Creating Exposure and Behind the Ink Documentary we're also on Twitter at uh, at CEA Charlotte.
1: Thank you so much. I'd like to thank you for being here and sharing this wonderful story with me and my audience. And I'd like to thank our team and the Harlem America Digital Network and Voice of America. You can see the Foxworth Theory every, every Wednesday at 2 p.m on the Harlem America Digital Network, as well as Voice of America and the Foxworth Theory. Thank you, stay safe, and be well.
0: Thank you for listening to the Foxworth Theory. Be sure to join us for new shows every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel, and the shows are also available on the Harlem America Digital Network. We'll talk again next week.